Welcome in to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, we are excited to continue, Bubba, our journey into this new medium. Uh, this is episode three. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, today we, we, we're going to be doing a, a part of what may be a reoccurring theme, and that is our profile segments. Yeah, our profile series, Rick, where yeah. we take a personality on the show or tied to the show or right. close to the show. And we give you a behind-the-scene look at that person, and you get to know them a lot better. And we're, we're honored today to have as our very first profile installment the one, Eddie Van Adler. Yeah, so, Eddie, hey, buddy. What's up, gang? Can you guys see me? Can you all hear me? Yeah, we got you. There you yeah. are. Awesome. Hey, look, I'm in my TV booth. That's right. <laughs> I'm That's in right. my TV booth. <laughs> well, a little background here, if you're new, because I have been getting emails from people that said, I found Rick and Bubba. Because I'm a podcast junkie, and I saw Rick and Bubba University, so I delved in. So this show has been on the radio for 25 years, and I guess, Bubba, what, maybe year two, we started an intern program, uh, and, and we started bringing in college students to let them train in the business. And believe it or not, Chris, Eddie Van Adler, uh, actually found his way into Rick and Bubba world through the Rick and Bubba intern program. Yeah, Adler, how long have you worked for us now? Oh, uh, it's been about eight years. <laughs> eight years. And then then you you interned prior to that. So I did, yeah. It's been eight years now. I interned uh, before my senior year of uh, college. So when did you first learn about the show or hear about it? Um, well, I guess it was just people talking about it. And then, uh, truth be told, I didn't know anything about the show. I am at the Oak Mountain Amphitheater picking up some tickets for a friend that won them. We're walking around the back to meet the employee, and she's like, I got the tickets back here in the office. And we're walking past, and a fat fest is going on. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> like, there's a thousand people, and they're all dancing and doing like motions and movements together. And I really think it was the it's seven o'clock in the morning. Get up, here we go. You know, and there's all these moves and all this stuff. And I was like, I, I I can't believe this is a thing. What's going on? And then it was years later that I think Rick became friends with my parents. Uh, that kind of brought me in close to the show. Uh, I started listening to it, and truth be told, uh, the Mr. Lucky CD was given to me, and putting that in my car, that was what I actually listened to that got me most familiar with the show. That was my first foray to listening to the show or a product of the show in my car, Mr. Lucky CD. Uh, from there, I just kept keeping tabs on the show uh, and then applied for an internship. I did my internship with Ryan Greenwood in the video department, a couple great, great best of bits there where I wrestled uh, one of the female interns, which uh, we still have a joke about me fighting women on the show to this day. So that was that's kind of a quick. Which nut, one? Nutshell. Which one did you wrestle? I don't remember. Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Well, oh, Mighty Mouse. Remember Mighty yeah, Mouse? Yeah, she was a she, martial arts. She expert. could do martial arts, and then right. so Adler took her on. And I think I she, remember that. I think now. she kicked you, didn't she? Yeah, she gave me a, one of those question mark kicks where you yeah. pre- pretend to go low and then you go high and. Uh, and that at that moment, I screamed, "Karate is real!" Because up until that point, I did not think karate was real. So, so you, <laughs> so you mentioned a few things that that people may not know what they are, and one of those is you mentioned the Mister Lucky CD, and that may be part of us going on with the Rick and Bubba University. There may be we may have a podcast devoted only to the world's greatest garage band. Maybe bring the real Greg Burgess in, and we'll talk some music, and we'll talk about all that. But that was a band. Uh, that that we put together, my brother and I were in bands, uh, you know, throughout 
uh, the early parts of, let's see, late teens and then through our 20s, mid-20s maybe. And so when the show started really kicking, some people came back and said, hey, Rick, didn't you have a band at one time uh, when the show first started? And they were like, well, maybe we can use that for some promotions. And and then when we decided to do what you saw, Fat Fest, which was a big amphitheater gathering of Rick and Bubba fans from all over the country. And we yeah, had, it was awesome, Rick. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Uh, that was the fir- oh, first, the one and only CD that we put together, and that's when I brought Bubba into the world of rock and roll music. As uh, And, of course, he, he found his pocket uh, right there in the middle of uh, – Throwing things into the crowd and singing background vocals. Right, right, and and an occasional Partridge Family song. Yeah. Uh, so Adler, when you when you interned here, did you ever did you ever imagine that you would end up working here? You know, I actually applied for what Greg's job is right now when Don Juan left. Um, I actually applied, and you guys interviewed me. I don't know if y'all remember. We sat in that green room back there, and you guys interviewed me for Greg Burgess's job. Do you remember this at all, Rick? I no, do. I remember. I do. I do I not. I'm sorry. I don't. You, it, it, you were one of the two final candidates for that job before Greg decided he wanted. Yeah, right. Did we really do that? Yeah. Very, oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. No. I, I was like, I was real worried about it. I was. Re- I was praying hard about it. I was straight out of college. Did not have a job. Uh, and did not have any prospects, <clears throat> just being honest. Did not have any options. And, uh, so this Rick and Bubba thing comes up, and I'm praying about it, and I'm like, God, if this works out, awesome. Uh, if it doesn't, I still need to trust you. And like, it, was really a, it was really a pretty pretty heavy thing. When you're first coming out of college, you, you, you're, you're really struggling, and I, I try not to forget that when I'm dealing with the interns that we have here and, and things like that. But, yeah, uh, so that actually led to me having that hot rockin' DJ job that I had before coming here, I was a DJ on a, a, a AAA radio station here in Birmingham uh, for, I guess, a year and a half. And then that station actually went off the air. The week that I found out that station was going to go off the air, you guys contacted me. One week later, I found out that, that, that this was going away, so the station hadn't gone away yet. You guys contacted me and let me know that you were going to need a TV producer, a video producer position. Yeah, I, I remember that because you were in the running for that job, and then when Greg decided he wanted it, because we talked to him first, and he didn't think he was going to come, and we were about ready to hire you, I think, and, and then he decided he wanted it, but then when we had another job open up, we knew you were the guy for that. Well, it was uh, it was a cool thing. It was definitely a God thing, and uh, I'm glad to be here. I can't believe it's been over eight years now, still uh, still here, and uh, we're growing and moving along. And uh, you know, it was really awesome uh, being welcomed in with you guys. I felt really welcomed in until Bubba said to me, "You know, uh, we got you on a contract, so that if we fire you, we can just have we can just be gone with you, be done with you that day." That was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, that was a little Bubba concerning. Quite that. Yeah, yeah. Can I say this? I feel really bad right now. Because there's a moment in your life, uh, you know, part of your history, where you had a lot of anxiety and really w- thought you had a shot at a job, and I didn't realize that we we were really playing with your life the way we were, and um, you know, I, I I don't even remember the interview, and I feel really terrible about that right now, but <laughs> I like how it's turned out because back to God's timing, you actually came to be part of the team, really more in the wheelhouse of what God's gifted you to do anyway, and. With this new world of technology and and you know video and audio and and full access to all this content, you know you really were were made for that role. So I, I do want to to um, um, <laughs> that's funny. I did not know that, yeah. but anyway, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I see saw that. that. I missed that note. What did it say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it was just a little scratch. Well, it head. was down to you and a few other people. There was there was more people than just Greg. 
and right, you, right, right. and we'd forgotten about that. And and we think we just were. I thank, just thought I'd hey, We were just thankful yeah. to God again. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so um, but but I, well, let's jump into the life because it's profile. Yes. But let's jump into the life of 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 Chris Eddie Van Adler. So let, let's get into your life. You, as you mentioned, that that I became friends with your dad and your mom, and that's because they uh, have been part of really the Christian music scene for a long time. If if a lot of you remember the uh, the group Truth. A BTL satellite special, an evening with truth. And I know there's been over time different lineups of, of the of the brand, the band Truth. Your mom and dad were part of that era. They they met there and fell in love and, and got married. And your dad is a very talented worship leader. Your mother a, a gifted singer. Here's a clip of Michael and Linda leading worship at Shades Mountain Baptist Church with our own Eddie Van Adler on the drums. Uh, so really, when you look into your life, you live that life that people talk about a lot, and, and I'm sure it's difficult. It's certainly a blessing, but it can be difficult to be a minister's kid. You know, it can be, just because uh, when you're real little and you're, you got a, a blonde head and a bowl cut, a lot of people want to talk to you. A lot of, a lot of people want to talk to you, and that's kind of hard to understand as a kid why uh, everybody in the entire place knows your name. It's a big place, and that can be a little bit overwhelming, and that can probably make you shell up a little bit. Um, but, you know, Rick, you said something to me, and uh, I have never forgotten it. That is that... You know, I, I felt like as a as a preacher's kid, like what this is this is unfair. I have I'm I'm called to a higher standard. I'm held to a higher standard than other people. But truthfully, as Christians, we're all held to that standard, and that's right. something that I probably wish I would have known maybe in my teens. That would have probably been helpful, early teens, that kind of thing. We're all called called to that standard as Christians, and we all fall, uh, and we all fail, and we're all people, and we're all saved by grace. So. Well, too, when you started here, um, you you had kind of a different background not only that but you, you were a you know you're a musician and you're you're very talented i think when it just comes to the talent scale by far the most talented person on the staff here uh i, I guess can you play how many instruments adler i guess i'll start in order uh you know we all play the recorder you know growing, right. growing, oh, yeah. right. so, grow, uh, the recorder and then uh i, I played bass uh, in jazz band and i played trombone in jazz band and then drums i took piano lessons at one point and uh, I think th- I think that's it. Guitar, acoustic guitar, all but, those things. But U- when you ukulele, s- and and kind of what I was getting to with that, when you started here, though, our all of our background is more in sports, and you know more in the camaraderie of the locker room and all that. And I don't think you were really used to that kind of mentality when you first started. Well, it was an adjustment. Um, <laughs> I worked at a. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, first of all, I want you to know, everybody was that to a degree. Greg and I thought we were raised in a normal house by a normal dad. We realize now that the way our dad dealt with his sons was not as normal as we thought it was, and we apologize to you for that. I thought uh, working at a Harley shop was rough. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought working with actual Harley riding <laughs> Harley mechanics, I thought that was a tough environment to to do well and thrive and survive and be accepted for who I am. Uh, that was preschool. That was kindergarten. <laughs> this is the NFL. <laughs> were, were you really taken back a little bit by the the level of ribbing? Well, the thing is, is that. There four hours every day now five hours with the kickoff hour is a lot of content right and if you have anything glaring on you any kind of red flag uh, it's like an injured animal in a herd it, the hyenas are going to come and you're going to get taken <laughs> out and that's just the way it is so you learn to avoid those those things so I remember Bubba gave you some advice one day because that you made what Bubba considered and I agree with him really kind of a little bit of a rookie mistake you tried to fight against the force that was coming against you, which only, as you said, like the animals, once blood is tasted, they just work into a frenzy. Yeah. And uh, and Bubba gave you some advice of the best way to handle it. Do you remember that advice? Yeah, uh, he told me to go cry in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And they just come back like nothing ever happened. <laughs> well, you said never let them see that they're getting to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just find a place off to yourself. Go in the woods, cry your eyes out, come back like nothing ever happened. <laughs> and uh, that's and that good advice. And that explains what the poison ivy that you had just the other day. <laughs> right. uh, no, yeah, I've actually switched to the shower. The shower works well. You show. Well, yeah. my eyes are wet. Well, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> well, but when you when you jumped into this, I mean, let's, let's uh, you go and, from and he was unmarried too. Yeah, and I guess the only unmarried member of the staff when you started right yeah it was a tough time well i, I want to ask you about that because <laughs> i think i think there's a even surprisingly for those of you that are fans of the show even greg said surprising to him who you think you know does you know his heart grew three sizes because he has a grandchild now right, right. but you know greg is like never greg's never been known for his soft underbelly but even he said you know when we do this show we're not exaggerating when we say the show is a show about anything and we're probably we were probably as close to, and I'm using quotes around it because it can never truly be that. But we were probably as close to the purest form of reality entertainment as as any of the stuff that is has popped out after. Was that an adjustment? You know, certainly as a single guy, but you've also had to have to be the newest member of the show that's been married. The adjustment to so they really will talk about your life on the show. Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely an adjustment. Um, and I'm still adjusting to that because I'm, I'm a very private person, uh, just in my life. Like I, re- I really am. I, I don't talk about my own feelings in life that much, even with the, those that I love, the people that I love in my life. So much less us. Much less you guys. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I'm still getting used to that. You guys are pretty nosy, and then you'll talk about it on the air, really, is what it boils down to. So I've, I've learned to, to shield from that. So well, that's good. you know, as, as I tell everyone in my circle, we got 16 segments to fill a day during the main show, four hours. Uh, you know, we're always looking for content. Yep. Uh, content is king, like yeah, they say. You know, it so. is. <laughs> so, I mean, but when you were single, you were dating, you you had to be careful what you said, who you were dating, who came by to see you, saying where you were going, because it would end up as fodder on the show. Yeah, um, it still is. Uh, it's still a line we all learn to walk, you know. Um, 
Like the other day, we were doing something, we were shooting something, and then I had to go somewhere. And I didn't really want to tell you guys where it was. I know. And y'all kept prying and asking and talking. I'm like, geez, get your own life. What? Get, what? What is this? We have to know. I don't. Was what, I in what's on wrong that? with y'all? Was I in on that? I, I don't think I was in. It's. It. I think it's a Burgess thing because no. Rick and Greg yeah. talked mm-hmm. a lot about it. I'm like, wasn't there a game or something this weekend? Or I mean, a football game? A a mascot get taken out by something? Talk about something else. I I really believe this. Where where, where are you going? Yeah. See, I can't. I I can't talk about it, Bob. I'm sorry. Adler. It was a uh, flat Earth convention. Adler. (laughs) One of the things I always thought was funny because, you know, this show can end relationships. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm back talking about your dating days now. Sure. How that. The staff will give anybody you're dating a nickname, and yeah. then refer to them all the time. Yeah, and you may remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I remember uh, a few of those, Bubba. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, I mean, we're just re- we're, yeah, we're we're getting to know, we got to know you. We got to walk through it's a profile, all this, right? I mean, you know, you know, you watched from behind the music when they would go <laughs> when we come back, and then they would go back through some difficult things. But I feel I I, I feel so happy for you because you have experienced you know holy matrimony you have a wonderful wife but if you recall you and your wife dated had a break and then thankfully dated again and got married and i wonder if you guys might have gotten married sooner if it hadn't been for the show yeah probably conversations like this don't help by the way they don't make things better um so so with it, my question about this profile thing changing changing subjects changing subjects yes um so are you guys going to work your way up through the show going from like wait you know up through the and then like respect given up through this and then like you know paychecks up through the scale of the employees of the show how's that going to work well it, it might be more random than that yeah. oh, okay uh, yeah. okay but okay. Uh, but, yeah be, be, let's be honest we thought we were going to be interviewing mike leach yeah right so you know this, uh, we had to move this one up a week right. and uh yeah We'll, we'll work through it. I mean, if you think about it, can you imagine what it would be like when we try to pry into anything anything with, with Greg? Oh, I know. He, he's got the wall up. How, how much information do uh, you think he's going to give up? So, Adler, back to you since it's your profile. Yes. When you and Erin started dating, I remember she said that she kind of had a crush on you in high school. Uh, we were one year apart, and we had mutual circles of friends. And after college, I moved back to Birmingham. Our circles of friends introduced each other. And she actually listened to me speak one night, and it, it was—I uh, was like, "This this girl's listening to me talk for like an hour just now. I need to never let this girl out of my sight ever again." So it's just after that, it, it was all history. But we did have that short period of time, which I do blame on the show. Yes, yeah, well, I, 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 yeah. that's what I wanted yeah. to know. Did the show cause yes. that breakup? Yes, yeah, yeah. The show, show will ruin something. I didn't know we were the cause the for sh- that. Show, or the show yeah. was the cause. We've just, we, we, we destroyed show. many relationships, how, and thankfully how, this one survived. How right. did how did we do that? Uh, just doing what you do, Bubba. You know, just doing your thing. You know? Well, can I? Can I? And I, you know, you have sometimes you have to have a reality check because well, you know. Sorry, hey, hey, I, I forgot to first concentrate on the man in the mirror. But but I, can I tell you where you also don't help this a little bit? You've got a bit of a I'm up for anything attitude. Well, uh, you, yeah. you've been willing to do whatever it takes to give us a good show, and I appreciate that. But some of those things may not have been thought through very well. Yeah, um, I, you got anything for the show. We say that all the time yeah. here at the at the show. Anything for the show, and you got to have that attitude because uh, I mean the the listeners and the viewers they demand it. And if we're not giving them quality stuff, if we're not giving a hundred percent, then then the show's not going to be good. But um, I forgot what I was talking about. Well, what we were saying you you, you were <laughs> at times you want to do a good show, and then there's that feeling when you get in your car and everybody's going home, everybody's going back to the regular life, and you think. 
you know, everybody really was laughing at me and it was really going well. Mm-hmm. But now I've got to go out into the world and, and see the people that I, in the moment, I was just doing a good show. And, yeah. And, and, and look, got- I've been there. I've, I've had that dealing with friends and, you know, and luckily Bubba and I, our wives have now been so hardened to it. Yeah. it. It doesn't, it doesn't have much of impact anymore, but it, it's, it's an adjustment. And, um, and you know, you, you had to find that place. Yeah, another thing that um, kept me from getting married, too, was hearing you guys behind the scenes complain about your wives nonstop. Here he goes. <laughs> That's good. That's funny. That's a good one. Not me. But, but you know, honestly, I, I want to say this, uh, and I, and this is good. This is It's going to be an incredible compliment to your wife. It's not going to be that great for you, but I'm going to save it. So I want to prepare you for that, okay? Okay. Uh, I remember the first time that I saw you with Aaron. And got to talk to her a little bit. And Bubba can be my witness on this. And I talked to Sherry about it, too. I said, I really hope he doesn't mess this up. I think this girl, I mean, he. wow, did, did you meet Aaron? And uh, Well, I told Rick, I said, he's out kicking his coverage here. Yeah, and, and we've There's all done There's no way he's going to be able to hang on to her. You're, you're in good company, but I literally <laughs> remember thinking, man, I hope he doesn't blow this. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, this girl is is incredible quality. This This is the kind of woman he needs to marry. And I kept kind of thinking, Chris, please don't don't mess this up. So congratulations, by the way. Uh, but I was impressed with her the first time I met her, and frankly, I thought you were in over your head. Well, um, I managed not to screw this up. You know, I screw up a lot of things in my life, but this thing I, I managed to to <laughs> finally make it work out. So, which transitions me to a question that I have for you guys: okay. um, Life isn't about win and lose. It's about win and learn. At least that's what I have to tell myself in order to make it through each and every day. Right. Um, what is y'all's biggest failure, and what did you learn from it? Well, if what, you don't mind me asking. What, what, this is not a profile on us. You, now yeah, you, this you turned is, to a host. This is your profile. I mean, what, what happened here? Well, it seems the turntables, whatever that saying is. <laughs> so, so what... <laughs> let me turn this around. What was your biggest failure? Oh, there you go. Ooh. And what did you learn from it? One of my, I know this is so small, and most people wouldn't even care about this. But like we were talking about earlier, as a musician, this kind of thing really eats me up, and I feel like I distracted from the church service when this happened to me. And that is the time that I went out on stage to finish out a church service with only one drumstick. Do you guys remember me telling the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I had brought my two drumsticks off stage and forgot to bring them back and i only had one spare in the drum cage so i'm on stage with a thousand and a half people in the room expecting me to be able to competently play the drums for this final song of the church service and i'm looking around and i realize i don't have a drumstick in the cage with me that one honestly that that ate me up for quite a while um and then another one of my biggest failures was when i dj'd a prom one of the few proms I've ever done. This was back in my hip hop uh, DJ days, and the kids weren't happy with the songs that I was playing, and I got booed by four hundred people. <laughs> uh, and on the way home, I really had to learn. All right, Chris, those guys are those kids are high schoolers, and you are in your mid twenties, and you have to not care what people think. What other people think about you does not determine the quality of who you are. So that's especially are, when they're especially when they're high school kids. Yeah. Now, right. now, now you asked, what did you learn from it? So, what did you learn from it? That, that so the 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 character of who I am uh, mm-hmm. and the person that I am and who I choose to you know invest in that it, that determines who I am as a person and uh, serving the Lord that determines what I am as a person, not what these hip hop 
these kids that wanted to hear more hip hop. So, you know what? You, can can I put that in a nutshell? Yes. You learn to play the drums with one stick for the Lord is better than playing the drums with two sticks against Him. That's it, Rick. I, 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 didn't gotta, say, I didn't even want to say anything. I just wanted to let that sink in for a second. Great yeah. job, Adler. Let me ask you this: when you when you had to play the drum with one stick, what did you do? It wasn't boom chick anymore. It was just chick chick chick. It was it? just chick chick. Yeah, yeah. It was bad, Bubba. It was, it was a bad place to be. Uh, the biggest failure in my life by far is, and I when I was uh, uh, nineteen years old, and I made a decision in my life when I was no longer in the authority of my mother and father. I made a decision to turn away from the church. Not 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 really realizing it, but I made a decision that now that I can decide what my faith is on my own and nobody else is making me go to church and and it's up to my decision now and I made a decision really for the first time in my entire life uh, to take a drink of alcohol at 19 years old uh, during during a, uh, a high school all-star game and that one decision led to 13 years of total destruction and one bad decision after another and what I learned from that was really, really simple. God's right. Uh, you know, a life in pursuit of the world, it doesn't even compare uh, to a life uh, that is in pursuit of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I remember that decision vividly, and I try to tell people if they'll listen how much decisions matter. Because in the moment, it seemed like one decision to take a drink of, a, of, of beer that I'd never done before, really for no other reason than I was like, well, why am I denying myself this? I'm In those days at 19, you could drink. And I was like, you know, I, pl- I played those ridiculous games. Well, you know, uh, it's drunkenness that's a sin to, to actually drink alcohol. And we can certainly say theological. We, we, can, we can hear both sides of that argument. But drunkenness is pretty clearly forbidden uh, in Scripture and is even on the list of people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that one drink did lead to not just drunkenness, but really my life going in a completely wrong direction. And I, you know, when I when I go back to the earthly repercussions from that, even though I've been redeemed, you know, I hear pretty clear from the Lord, I was always right. You know, I wasn't trying to keep things from you. I really was offering you a life that wouldn't have all this that you created. And I'm so thankful for redemption. Uh, but uh, but I learned from that. Go ahead. And submit to the authority of the Lord, because believe you know whether you think it or not, He knows more than you do, and the way He says to do things is actually right. No, I mean it's easier, but it's certainly right. Well, Adler, mine's not near that serious, but um, when I was growing up, I played baseball, loved baseball, and wanted to play college baseball, and uh, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't afforded the opportunity to play where I wanted to play. I had some other avenues open, but I thought, you know, if they don't offer you a scholarship, you're not good enough, and there's no need to try. And I didn't follow up on that, and I always kind of wish that I had tried that and pushed that a little bit harder. And I really, I kind of, I tell you what I learned from it, though, was not to quit anything that I wanted to do. Even if you're told that you can't have that job or you don't belong or whatever. And, and we've, we've seen this manifest itself in what we do now because we've been told a lot of times along the way we wasn't good enough, we didn't belong, we shouldn't do this, we don't have the talent to do it. And at that point, you have to decide, am I going to 
accept that and quit, or am I just not going to accept no for an answer, and I'm going to keep going another way? And it's kind of like a pinball machine. You you bounce around because the avenue you want to go on was not there, and we've just always kind of done that, and it's worked out. I mean, we, we just decided we wouldn't stop. You know, we wouldn't take someone else's no for the final answer. It was going to be our no, and we wasn't willing to give our no yet. And, you know, hopefully that's a positive attribute we've had and that I have. I don't know. I guess that could always be debated. But, you know, I just I've learned that just because doors close, that doesn't mean no and not the end of it. Right. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. uh, Rick, to your point, I've done rock shows uh, for myself and I've done rock shows for the Lord and it doesn't even compare, you know. Um, it's really, it's, it's just, everything will be dust no matter what. And you've said it before about this, the show, this show, if it's not doing something to expand God's kingdom, then it's it's worth nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And that's awesome. It's all going to go away. And I know for you, you know, going back to being a minister's kid before, kind of tell us, you know, maybe for people that might be listening to this, that, that may be children of people as we as we've made clear everybody who's been redeemed by jesus is in ministry but i'm talking about vocational ministry meaning full-time ministry that's how you make a living that's how you get paid you're you're now you know in uh, in that world how did your mom and dad handle the fact that what we all go through you go through times in your life where you you know you're trying to figure out because you can't become a follower of jesus vicariously through michael and linda adler it had to become your own faith. How did they kind of handle that from a parental standpoint? Um, it was, it was. Uh, so my dad worked at, at the uh, the church that was also a school in my schooling from first grade through ninth grade. So I was at church literally six days a week, if not seven days a week. My dad made it a point, and I never even realized this until he told it to me later. But he he didn't call it. I got to go to church. I got to go to work. Uh, and Sunday mornings we went to church. So I didn't view, you know, maybe the obligations that he had at at his job. Um, I didn't view that as church taking away time with me and my father. It was work. And I don't know if uh, I really thought about that until later, but to me it, it kind of helped not, uh, you know, vilify church in my mind. And, um, and, and I, never, I never viewed the church as, as something that was coming between me and, say, my relationship with my dad, for example. Uh, and then, you know, they're, they're, they, my parents were really cool about making accommodations. Like, I was in choir. I was in church choir from first grade, actually kindergarten, through, you know, 12th grade. And at times, the choir was learning some choreography and some dance moves that I did not want to do, that I did not want to learn. I did not like, I did not like that. I, I didn't even see the point of us as a church choir sitting around learning dance moves. Shouldn't we be learning other things? Maybe how to witness to people. Maybe how to talk to strangers about God, you know? And so I, or, or just practicing singing instead of dancing, that kind of thing. So I kind of had a bad attitude about it. But my parents, so they saw that and they were willing to work with me. So a lot of times in those bands, I would end up being, I would end up being on the drums. I would play drums while other people did the singing and dancing. Um, so my parents were really, really willing to work with me on stuff. And they, they also, you know, they still made me go, even if I didn't, if I, if I didn't like it, if I didn't want to do it, um, they made me go, but they also tried to minimize the amount of time that I had to spend there. Let me ask you this at Rick and Bubba being the youngest member of the staff, is that difficult? Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's real tough, Rick. 
Uh, do you feel like you're kind of the little brother that everybody bullies and 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 uh, aggravates? Yeah, yeah. When I get around my little brothers, I got two little brothers, and there's just this feeling that I get that compels me to grab them and wrestle them in some kind of way. And I'm just now putting together that that's how you guys feel around me. I want to remind y'all, I'm 33. I'm in my 30s. I'm not a kid. Just just re- clarifying that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you and I have made some growth because I, I do that to any person that, that I really like. And you let me know that you didn't grow up the same way that I did. And I've learned to, even though I have an impulse to, like, you know, run into you or pick you up and throw you across the room or pick you up and pin you against the wall, I've stopped doing it. That's growth, Rick. That's, it that's, is. that's big of you. That's very big of you. Well, you, you made it clear this is not normal for me. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have to realize not everybody grew up the way that I grew up. I'm learning that the way I grew up was not as normal as I said as I thought it was. And, Adler, since you mentioned you're 33 and you were the same age at Jesus when he finished his ministry, I noticed you're trying to go with the Jesus hair also. Is that, uh, that going to be something that's going to keep growing, or where, where are you at on that? I am, yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm going to be playing uh, an upcoming production of Jesus of Nazareth. So, uh, you know, I need to grow it out for that. <laughs> no. yeah. where, 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 where are we headed with this hair? Where does it end? Well, I mean, it's uh, honestly, I felt like my hair was going. Oh, let me go real quick. I'll come back to the hair. Um, I will say that when I first came on, I was in my early 20s. Now I am in my 30s. And so being when you're in your early 20s and you're single and you're work, working with guys that have a family and, and and you know married all that stuff i was in a completely totally different world yep. than you guys and i lived a totally different life than you guys and i had totally different interests and totally different senses of humor truly and we worked together well uh, to try to find common ground that we found funny and i i you know i, I fell on a sword a couple times for the show if you, you know i don't know if you guys remember it was kind of brutal those first couple of years as far as me being strictly a punching bag i don't mind being a i don't mind being a punching bag as long as it's good and funny right uh it, but like if i'm being a punching bag and i don't find it funny then i feel like it's just a lose lose for everybody yeah. i'm being pummeled on the radio for no reason yeah. like there's got to be a payoff or whatever so those first years were tough but um i've had many many people say to me that you know in the in the first couple of years you really learned how to to walk that line of being my unique weirdo personality young whatever hipster dude on the show and then uh also work with you guys and but also i i've i've, I've definitely become a different person in you know what I think about and what I what I read, what I believe, that kind of thing. Um, so you know, it's it's been a it's been a growing process for me, and t- at times it's been difficult, and times it's been really really fun. Uh, the hair that's uh, I, I thought it was going on me probably three four years ago. I thought it was going out on me, and it's kind of slowed down, but it, I mean it's still on its way out. But uh, with that being said, I was like, well, this is my last chance to have really long hair ever for the rest of my life because you can't be a, a really balding person with long hair because then they're going to keep you away from schools and churches and roller skating <laughs> rinks. They're going to keep you far away from those places if you walk around with that look. So that was initially the reason why I grew out my hair. But uh, the wife also gave it the big thumbs up. Yeah. So yeah. Keep, well, that, keeping that. it, gentlemen, keeping it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, I got you. That's why I have a beard. Uh, so the uh, I have neither. So as, as we wrap up this time with you, we've talked about some of the ups and downs. We've talked about the difficulty of being the youngest guy. So – and, and this is just you can, you can be completely honest about this. What have been the positive things that working here? What what how has working here? Do we have cha- enough time for all that? Yeah, yeah for and I, I just felt like that wouldn't take as long. 
What 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 are some of the things working here? Honestly, because I've watched you grow as a as a man. I've watched you change as a man. Uh, but uh, t- tell us a little bit about what the show has done for you. That's been positive. Uh, me working on this show, I'm constantly reminded that I could be at a Howard Stern. You know, I could be at a shock jock where you just go in and you work for a person that's not a good person and you make jokes all day long that are not good jokes and you leave work and you feel like slime and then you come in the next day and you do it again. You know, so that 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 in itself has been the biggest thing for me in that um, I'm not working for two slime balls. You know, I'm working for two godly men that uh, that are truly trying to point point people to Jesus and truly trying to do a family show. You know, I want to be a part of a show that you can listen to with your kids. Uh, maybe PG, you know, every once in a while there might be some PG material in there. But, um, yeah, that's that's been huge knowing that. Well, I will say this, and, and first of all, before I say it, I want to make perfectly clear, and I mean this with all sincerity, I love Don Juan DeMarco Williams and I love Ryan Greenwood. And those guys were have, have been part of the team and their contributions to the team are forever felt, and I, I loved working with them. And if they wanted, if it could have continued to go on, we certainly would have done that. But I do believe with Bubba and I doing this so long, we, we, we have been the constant along with Speedy this entire time. And whether you see it or realize it or not, I think sometimes you need a little shot in the arm uh, for some fresh material, some new stuff. And I believe that that God has blessed us by bringing you and Greg and Helms uh, to the show. You know when when He did, and I think that there's a reason that the show still seems to be climbing, not descending. And I think the three of you, and that would include you, uh, have had impact on this show that has been positive, and to take it to where it is now. So you've played a big role in that. Well, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, I, I really do think the timing of Greg uh, coming in before me is has been huge, huge for the show. Um, he brings that kind of every every man, uh, you know, blue collar working man vibe to the show that the, the show wouldn't have uh, without Greg. So I, I think you're 100 percent right about that. I try to be a goofball as much as I can, and, and Helms has got the IT stuff handled. Um, so I appreciate that very much. Oh, look at this. I've got a question from the audience here. Um, what is the best way to ask your boss for a raise? <laughs> question from the audience here. Uh, probably wait till you get them on a live podcast. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Done. Uh, right, guys, this has been really fun. I really appreciate y'all you. having me on. I truly, I thought we were going to talk about Bubba. I thought you and I were going to talk about drones. thought maybe you guys wanted to talk to me about MMA, jujitsu kind of stuff, but we'll, we'll save that for next time. Well, you know, we... We really didn't get into everything we wanted to talk about, so we may have to have a Eddie Van Adler part two down the line. Well, Bubba is wearing, if you're watching this on YouTube, he is wearing the not, not flat, uh, you know, NASA checked shirt. And I, I will say this: I this is one of these weird connections between you and Bubba that I wouldn't have guessed. You both have, and I do too. But I'm talking the both. If you want to flip a switch with Eddie Van Adler or Bill Bubba Bussy, bring a flat earther on. And, and have them bring it up. It seems to bother both of you equally. Mm. Well, mm. my blood pressure is getting higher. Adler right gets now. mad about it. I just kind of, I've almost got a comical feel for it now. You know? Yeah. I just, I can't, I just. I just hate to see people waste their lives, guys. That's all I, I it, just really, truly ask yourself. If you are listening to this and you're a flat earther, ask yourself, am I a scientist? No. Okay, I'm not going to listen to myself then. All right, and if that's not good enough for you, go look at the moon. What does it look like? Does it look like a, a plate in the air or does it look like a ball? Okay, it's a ball. That's what you're on to. 
That's what you're on too. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is on me. But but it really bothers you because you just think it's illogical. You can't believe anybody is still discussing this. Look at the ocean. <laughs> Go look at the ocean. Why can't we see China or whatever? Not China. Why can't we see Africa? Because it curves, okay? It curves. Like your stupid head. It curves. <laughs> Don't get me mean about it. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Right, but See, yeah, well, he, he's a lot more wound up about no, it No, it really bothers I, I find some amusement to it. Well, I really do. Well, he, he doesn't know when it's going to happen, right. but it, I've been planning it. I'm going to casually one day almost start to suggest to him in a conversation that he didn't see coming that I'm starting to lean flat earth <laughs> and just see what happens. <laughs> hey, will you guys be on my podcast uh, since I've been on y'all? Sure. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Adler TV. Right. Well, I don't know if I don't I don't know if that's quite a uh, tit for tat, but um I appreciate you guys being on. Well, now I know you're working on stuff long term. You I mean, how much longer can Bubba and I keep at this? Sure. But uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> sure, you, look at me. As you're searching podcasts, don't forget uh, Bernie Sanders went longer without a heart stent than I did. <laughs> Adler TV, is that what it's called, right? Adler TV? It is. It yeah. is. But I, I do want to I do want to mention why I don't I actually do not like to talk about my podcast. Why? And this is why. Truly, truly. I really do oh, not. Okay. Um, this is bec- marketing. Because when I come on the Rick and Bubba show, I, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like it's been pitched to me about my podcast, and I change the subject. I try to get to the story that we're talking about, or whatever it may be, because when I come into the show, I need to be about the Rick and Bubba show. I need to be about making that segment, that time on the air, the best I possibly can for the Rick and Bubba show. And I know you guys wouldn't think this, but I don't want to ever. I don't ever want y'all to think that I would have an ulterior motive at all to to want to be. On the air, the, the, my my motive for being on the air should be to make the show it the best that it can possibly be. So if I am weird about like avoiding my podcast on the Rick and Bubba airwaves, that's why. I just well, want to I, let you know. I understand what you're saying and why you're saying it, but I don't I don't think it necessarily has to be a drought like you're uh, you're doing it now. Because sure. look, you're you're a part of this show and you have your own podcast. I mean that that's that's part of this show. The fact that you have your own podcast, so. You know, I don't think that you're taking away by talking about it when we ask about it. Cool, cool, cool. I appreciate that so very much. Like we were doing now. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but uh, that's a great attitude to have. I kind of wish Ham's had it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but I'm joking. Uh, the, the reason I am doing my own podcast is because, just like you guys said, when you guys are 70, 75, whatever, and retire, I'm joking, Ham's. <laughs> I'm going to be fifty-five, so I'm going to need to do something. So hopefully, I'll have something that I can uh, that I can do after this. So truthfully, that is kind of my vision when it comes to this thing. And also, I got to do my own thing because I'm going to talk about skateboards and jujitsu for hours at a time, and that nobody in the Rick and Bob audience wants to hear that. And evidently, nobody in my audience wants to hear that either. So. <laughs> well, How many followers you got now? Uh, not many. It's good. It's better to not count, Bubba. It's better to not count. <laughs> well, well, it's quality is not measured by subscribers. That's right. That's right. Thank you. It's quality. We, 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 here's the thing that gets me on that, which you were just talking about, which is so true. You know, Bubba, Bubba and I really do, unless there's something that he hasn't told me yet, we plan on doing this as long as we physically and mentally can. Right. But let's be honest. Even if you use that as the standard of what you should and shouldn't be doing, it's time to start planning what you're going to do next. Because, I mean, how much longer will we be physically and mentally able to do this? Well, look at me. I'm on thin ice. Let's face it. <laughs> hey, uh, Adler, we love you being part of the team. Love what you bring to the team. And uh, you're a talented guy and excited about what God has for you going forward. 
And Adler, we'd love to be on your podcast if you ever have time. Sounds good, guys. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> hey, thank you. you if you want me Appreciate to be on your podcast, <laughs> Premier Speakers Bureau. I'd <laughs> Book early. Okay. Hey, thanks for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University. How about this, where logic is not an enemy and common sense is a superpower.